Red Sox Nation, it's a kind of a family. Wherever I roam, up and way home, that's where I long to be. I'm a member of a Red Sox Nation, it's a kind of insanity. Yeah, I live and die with Red Sox pride for eternity. Make a smile November until opening day Suffering baseball withdrawal around the clock When April comes, hey, meet me down on Yawkey Way That's when Red Sox fans just on the rock Good evening everyone and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bats podcast covering Boston Red Sox baseball. For everyone staying up late tonight on Facebook Live, the podcast as always can be found on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and literally everywhere. Somewhere on the video window, you can actually click the link to Apple Podcasts, and um, that'll take you right to the uh, link. You could subscribe from there, uh, rate it five stars if you'd be so kind, and uh, leave a comment if you will. Red Sox just wrapped up a four-game set against the Tampa Bay Rays, dropping the series three games to one after coming off of a sweep prior. I am Terry Cushman, and I'm joined, as always, by Jeremy Schilling and Stephanie Allen. How are you guys? On edge. Even though... Yeah, Jeremy's on edge. All right. Right I'm on edge. We got the Bruins in the middle of the third third period in an elimination game. We got the shitty Red Sox. Let's cook. Yeah. All right. I think we will be cooking, uh, maybe in a pressure cooker uh, as well. Um, well, we normally we would have shout outs and call outs and, uh, you know, to start a show. But uh, I already botched it. Heroes and zeros, as we have been calling it for the last month or so, where we have our hero for the series and then our zero for the series. But no heroes really this time around so we're just gonna air out our concerns tonight in uh, what we hope to be a therapy session and um so let's just start right now with with uh one of uh, my bigger questions does alex cora know what he's doing like does he have a handle on this team because it's not looking like he has any solutions uh, as far as trying to gain some traction and momentum? We have losing records against basically every team that's expected to make the playoffs. We're two and four against the Astros. We're now four and five against the Rays. We are, let's see, I think one and four against the Yankees and uh, one and two against the Indians, if that ends up mattering later on as they get some of their rotation back. So, like, what's going on right now? Because in in my mind, there's a leadership problem and possibly a manager problem. I don't know about, about a manager, 
a manager problem totally, but I do know that our MVP needs to start playing like an MVP, or not even an MVP, just a good player at this point. Mookie is sucking it up right now, and we need him to wake up and start playing well and start hitting and be a leader. And well, and J.D. Martinez, who I saw as a leader, can't get healthy. So that's frustrating. I, look, I, I Steph, I totally agree with your points, um, but to like pull that back to Cora. I, I think a lot of the problems with Benintendi bets, and I think we can go on and on with examples is the way Cora has handled uh, the roster thus far. Uh, I've been on record saying that Cora sucked to start the season. As far as not letting go of last year, again, just to use the hypothetical quickly. Belichick ha- already has said since they passed out the rings on whatever it was Thursday night. Like we're already on to next year. Why can't? Why couldn't Cora do that? Ten days into the season, he's still talking about last year. So now we get, and we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast. He kept Benintendi in the leadoff spot when he was hitting under a hundred in that spot to begin the year. We had a, a, an MVP hitting leadoff last year. Why they felt the need to jumble that up to me, I believe strongly that it was because that's what Mookie wanted. Um, and it, it, if you're just giving in to the players, that's management or Cora or both or or probably Cora. And it, it goes against what got you to be the best team in recent memory in at least the last 10 years. I mean, 108 wins basically run rough shot through the playoffs. And then they started tinkering with shit. Makes sense. And I, and I, you know, I, mean, I think Dombrowski has a ton of blame, and I think we're going to get to him in a minute. But Cora has not been good. He's had no feel for the bullpen and when to when to use a guy, when not to use a guy. When he does use a guy and he's effective, he overuses him and he pull and he, and he can't he can't maximize uh, production because he leaves a guy in, he gives up the big hit. And it's been that way with uh, Eduardo Rodriguez has been a great example. I'm not talking about today, but just generally speaking, started in the in the World Series where he was in pitching he shouldn't have been in. He got away with it because that's how last year went, but this year it hasn't gone that way. He's just he's handled pitching changes, he's handled the lineup, he's handled the Mookie Benintendi spots in the batting order uh, poorly. I mean, it just goes on and on. I think he is a big part of it. Keep it in mind, the Bruins went up 2-0. Oh, that's nice. Um, <laughs> I was just going to tell you that. So, holy shit, what a goal. That's so big. Uh so, but and 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 and, and, I'm, and I I think Terry's point's a really good one. I don't think anyone, I don't, save maybe. Actually, I don't know because Xander's had his fair share of bad games in the last month. I mean, save for maybe Devers, even though he was poor defensively in the first uh, month of the season. Um, there's really no one without blame, and for whatever reason. And maybe this is where this conversation will go. Why is no one giving blame to Cora? He deserves it 100%. Well, a couple of things that kind of, you know, pissed me off a little bit with this series in particular. Michael Chavis in one of the doubleheader games, I think it was the first of the two games on Saturday, when we have a spot starter starting and we absolutely need offense like if if anybody needed run support 
it was Josh Smith on Saturday, and I don't even know why he was starting over Shawarin given his previous stint, but that that's another thing. But why is Michael Chavis, who was batting three in his last 31, in the two-hole? And he hadn't had more than, he's had one extra base hit since May 23rd. So what's the logic there? Like, how is... Why are they gonna? Why are they gonna be worried about pitching to Mookie when they have a guy they can play Pop Goes the Weasel with in the two hole with Chavis? I just it made no sense whatsoever. And then on top of that, your normal two hole hitter Andrew Benintendi sat two games of this series. Yeah. Why the fuck? He's got to be nicked up. There's just no reason to not have him play every day. I, I talked last a podcast about getting guys more than one day off, but it's in the context of a day off, meaning you don't play the last game of the series and then he doesn't play the next game and then he's back and playing every day. And in the next <laughs> off days, I would do that with Betts, uh, Bogarts, Dever. I mean, you got to rotate him out, you know, and then or you come out of a break. And, and so like Benintendi doesn't play game three. The whole team gets a day off, and then Devish doesn't play game one. Back-to-back days off, but you only miss one day. That makes no sense, and it makes me lead, uh, uh, led to believe that Ben Intendi's nicked up in some way. There's just no other reason not to play him every single day. And by the way, you, you gotta these guys have to be in the lineup. We suck. Yeah, I had that same thought, Jeremy, that something must be wrong with Benny for him to be sitting and the thing is, though, Terry, to your point, who who would you have put in the two hole at that point? I mean, my God, literally lineup, anybody. No one's. A, yeah, I would put Eduardo Nunez in that spot. Michael Chavis should not be with the major league club the way he is completely lost at the plate right now. And so many people are hung up on shit that he did almost over a month ago now that. You know, the, your casual fan just can't stand the thought of Chavis getting sent down for two or three weeks to iron things out a little bit. And I, I would have put literally anyone in that spot. Nunez, Holt, whatever. I, I don't care. And I, I just I just don't know what's going on here. When um, you guys saw today's lineup, did you pretty much think that Cord had no desire to win? Like, what? I didn't even understand that. Yeah, I mean... I mean, it was just like, have we given up? I don't... I just didn't understand the lineup at all. I know we keep creating these, you know, permeations of the lineup, but that one was just like, what? His quote before the game, this was his exact quote from the manager of the Red Sox. He said, sometimes against aces like Blake Snell, you need a weird lineup to, you know, I forget what how he ended it, but to basically shake things up a little Please bit. Please don't go on. That yeah, is how, good. That I, I award you no points. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul for how yeah. stupid that is. That's what he said. Look, I, 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 this, I know, I know it's him, Terry, not you. I know you're relaying the point. But, I mean, look, Betts is in the lineup, hitting lead off. Vasquez is hitting two. I'm already like sick to my stomach. I, I'm fine with Bogarts <laughs> wherever they put him. Chavis hit and clean up. He was 0 for 4 with three strikeouts today. He had four left on base. They had 22 left on base in this game. 
Uh, Nunez, uh, a second straight 0 for 4 game, hitting fifth. Tra- Sam Travis, who sucks, he's not a big league player, hitting sixth. Um, and then Bradley, Leon, and Hernandez. Hernandez is really the only person if we were going to. One of the reasons why we didn't do heroes is because everyone wanted to pick Marco Hernandez. <laughs> so, um, look, I mean, it's a tra- there's obviously health issues. So uh, there's a reason, like, JD's not lined up. I have to believe Ben Intendi's not healthy. Um, they decided that today was the day to give day, uh, Devers a day off, obviously, because Snell's the lefty. I mean, I guess. That's so, what they said about sucks. Benny, too, why Benny wasn't playing. Yeah, man, that's good. These are these are everyday Major League players. Right. They're going to end up being all, multiple times All-Stars, in my opinion, by the time they're in their mid to late 20s. There's no... So, but they, need, they need scheduled days off against lefties when we're one game over 500. You know, I mean, that's a... Tr- that's a going back to Terry's point, that's the core thing. Uh, you know, one thing we did hate ab- about um, Farrell was that he was managing, like, game seven of the regular season to keep his job. And so he was, like, just wearing guys into the ground. Sale was, a you know, a good... Example of just you know throwing him every, every single outing until 110 pitches, and we all complained about it back then. Like you're just going to wear this team down, and ultimately he did. They underachieved in the playoffs as a result, and I guess now we're seeing the other side of it when we're struggling and they're not playing every day like it's the last game of the year. So today seemed like a scheduled loss. Unfortunately, we had already lost two games in the series. Yeah. Just to be clear, though, there are no reports right now of anything being wrong with Benintendi. So, I mean, it's possible he could be dinged up, but, I mean, they're, they're but not. But why set him two games in such an important series? Like, no idea. <laughs> it's just it's mind-boggling. Here's some stats from the series. Uh, Devers 0 for 12. That's probably why he was off today. Nunez 0 for 12. <laughs> Holt was one for five. Vasquez one for eleven. Uh, Mookie three for fifteen. Benny was two for eight in the two games that he did play. Um, and uh, Bradley had the most hits of anyone. He was four for nine. <laughs> well, there we go. That says everything you need to know about this team right now. Yeah. Well, and, and the worst part about it is that this team, in the last twenty-five years, has been their biggest strength above all else, is their ability to take advantage of the confines of Fenway, whether it be Pesky's pole and the weird right-hand field or the wall and having lefties in the lineup that are willing to go attack it. To be out hitting the series against the fucking Devil Rays, Hmm. um, which I like the team generally. They play hard. Um, They're like the Isaiah Thomas Celtics for for our listeners that are fans of all four uh, sports. You know they 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 have relative talent across the board. They're not great at one spot, but yet they play hard. They play together, and they do the little things that require winning. Almost like watching a college team. So I mean, you know, but you get out slugged by the fucking Devil Rays, and it, it's embarrassing. And then today's lineup is what it is, and it's a guy. It's it, this thing is a nightmare. And for those Boston sports fans. When this hockey season's over, it's going to be a sobering thought to think that this is all we have until football starts back up because they suck. They are underachieving at a level they haven't underachieved at in, in, in at least 10 years. 
well, yeah, or at least the most recent last place here. And it was the lineup for most of the series. And the pitching wasn't stellar. I'm not going to say that. But, I mean, Porcello gave up four runs. Not great, but he was only given one run of support. And then Rodriguez today gives up, I think, a two-spot right away in the first inning. Settled down for a little while, gave up two more, you know, four runs from him. Okay, but, you know, the lineup should be able to kind of offset that a little bit. And the bullpen throughout the series wasn't terrible. I mean, you had Josh Taylor in, uh, I think, game two of the series give up. Let's see. He was one inning pitched, gave up six hits, four earned runs. Um, Marcus Walden today, not great, uh, only was in there for one-third of an inning, gave up three hits, two earned runs, which were both solos. Um, and th- that was the only real damage we had from the bullpen uh, throughout the series. So they did their jobs. The The pitching was okay outside of the spot starter, and the the bats just didn't show up. And... We're going to get into Texas here pretty quick, but I've, you know, I I checked a lot of stats, a lot of box scores, getting the, the preview ready. Spoiler alert for the last segment, that's going to be a very tough series this year, and they got the exact same number of wins as the Red Sox do, so they're overachieving, Red Sox are underachieving, <laughs> well, we'll see what happens there, but the bats definitely um, didn't come through. So let's kind of get into Dombrowski here real quick, you know, because he obviously does deserve some of the blame. Here's our bench real quick. I did this tweet either t- this morning or yesterday. I don't even remember at this point. But our bench is old as fuck and extremely <laughs> injured. You have you have Brock Holt about to turn 31 this month. Eduardo Nunez will turn 32 this month. Mitch Moreland, who has some serious health issues by the sounds of it, he'll turn 34 in September. And uh, if if we make the playoffs, starting to sound like a big F, Steve Pierce will turn 37. So the guys that we need to kind of fall back on here or there, they're in their 30s. They have durability issues in and of themselves. Most of them are not everyday players. And that's that's a problem. Like, going forward, you need younger guys. I know Zhui Lin is injured on a... That was kind of a weird base sliding thing. But, you know, he could slot in there fairly well. And I don't know. I just think that's an area that needs to be addressed you know, each and every winner by the front office. So I hate Dombrowski more and more with every underachieving performance. Um, okay. So we, I mean, we did, we carried this podcast through the off season and we talked a lot about signing Avaldi Pierce, uh, keeping Moreland around, um, you know, basically keeping the band of brothers here together. Now, here's the thing with that. We do a lot of that as fans um, and not we, – we don't have the analytical information. We don't have the stat, statisticians, the team statisticians telling us, you know, this, that, or the other thing about the expected drop-off in production after certain years. 
because once you hit 30, there's expected drop off for everybody. And, you know, a lot and, and these stat people give you unbelievable information. I feel like Dombrowski handled this offseason a little bit too much like I would and as a fan. And so here we are with Pierce, disabled list, Moreland, who I didn't see this coming, him being this unhealthy. Okay, he's out. The only good thing about J.D. Drew's how uh, J.D. Drew, oh, my God, I can't believe I just said that. That's so embarrassing. Uh, J.D. Martinez, <laughs> I, I'd like to issue a formal apology. Um, Martinez is no one saw this coming, but on, on the flip side, his health may keep him in Boston and prevent him from help opting out if this is the way this year is going to go for him. So there may be some upside there. But, you know, and then they, he just didn't address the bullpen. He just didn't address it. And there was, I mean, we had a whole podcast about Adovino, uh, uh, who's your boy that we want from the Nationals, uh, Terry, that we that you wanted so bad, who signed for relative cheap money? Uh, Calvin uh, Herrera. Calvin Herrera, uh, I mean, a couple of Yankees arms. I mean, it's just, Bruins just scored 3 nothing game. There's going to be a game seven. That's wonderful news. Um, so <laughs> I'm just saying that he, he, he this roster the core of it's fine. There's nothing you're not going to, I mean, who would expect you to be like no bets, no Benintendi, no Xander. I uh, did think, you know, the resign of Xander is appropriate, but it's spot 18 through 25. That has killed this team. The depth now sucks. The pitching with the suspension to right and the injuries and the Avaldi situation. Um, it, it's, 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 I mean, it has to be – there has to be fault on Dombrowski. And this is what he does. This is what he does. He loads up for one year. He's done it with the Tigers. He did it with the Marlins. He loads up for one year. He eviscerates the farm system. So we have nothing. Like, the draft is huge. I mean, normally it's not for baseball teams. I mean, you hopefully get, you know, two to four major league players out of each draft max if you're drafting that efficiently. But, like – you're watching the draft this year like, God, we need some of these guys to even be fake good so we can trade them for something. I mean, it's just – and now, instead of having multiple years of dominance, which is what we thought we were going to have, we're sitting on the cusp of potentially being a year away from a rebuild. It's scary. Dombrowski, I, I, you know – I mean, he brought us a World Series, so I'm never going to fault him for that. But there's the, coupled with the underachievement of the key guys, the back end of the roster sucks. It just sucks. Yeah, and uh, I just, you know, we, well, you, actually, you you weren't with me at that point last year, Jeremy, but throughout the summer and, and probably even into September, you know, I, I questioned how much longer is this guy going to be around because, I mean, the bullpen sucked in, in September, and I think that was our worst month, you know, wins and loss-wise. And I just thought, you know, if if we have another bad postseason, he's either gone after this season or or this season being 2018 or he would be gone after the uh, 2019 season. But, you know, he wins the World Series and I think we're stuck with him for a little while. Ben Sherrington was fired a season and a half after winning a World Series. And that's quick. If you ask me, that's really quick. You know, he had one, he had a last place year, the year after the World Series, and then he was well on his place to, uh, well on his way to last place, and they they fired him. And Farrell probably would have been gone with him, but he, uh, you know, he got cancer, and the Red Sox have, 
you know, not so much recently, but in the past have had a uh, issue with public relations. So they couldn't get rid of a guy while he was undergoing cancer treatments. And so we were stuck with him for another couple of years. But um, but I who knows how quickly it'll be? Like, how long of a leash does this have? A couple of years ago, the 2017 season, the Red Sox ownership told Dave Dombrowski, you're not trading any more top prospects. And I think Devers' name was brought up specifically. And he hadn't made his debut yet. But uh, so I just, I don't know. Like, how... How long's the leash at this point? I think well, it's longer than you want it to be. I, that's what I believe as well. <laughs> what were you going to say, Jeremy? Well, well, I was a little taken aback by how much I agree with that. Um, <laughs> well, here's because yeah, that's not what I was. Saying. Uh, my, my, so here's here's here here is where I'm at with it, and I don't know if we want to turn this into a different segment, but. Something at this point has to happen. They need to cut a, a veteran. They need they they're not going to fire Core. Okay, Core is up and coming. He's you know forty years old. I just looked up Dombrowski's age. Just because he's gray haired doesn't mean he's old. He's sixty two years old. He's not. Well, that is a little old, you know, compared to some but, of them. But dude, he's not he's not going anywhere. For, he's not retiring from baseball. Like if he gets fired tomorrow, he's going to go get another job. And. Okay, look. There has to be something that's done. Like, and you could you could DFA Pierce. You could DFA. I mean, any number of bullpen arms. You you. I mean, I, I, you have to do it. You have to if you think that you have a chance to salvage this season. It has to be something that that sh- sends shockwaves through the clubhouse. Yeah, but so, do you think? I don't, do you think that DFAing Pierce, like, no, I care? Don't. No one cares, no. and I don't think it would nope. help us at this point to be like, okay, next. <laughs> like, well, that, that's but my, I get that's... what you're saying, Jeremy. But like, we do need something. Does need to be done. Something does need to give. There needs to be some kind of shakeup, if you will. But what? DFAing Pierce, it's like, okay, uh, whoops. I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the answer is. I yeah. really don't. I mean, you don't obviously want. I mean, one of the options could be if we were gonna if we're gonna get into this now. Um, one of the options could be firing Dombrowski. Another option could be um, trading Mookie Betts. That's where I wanted to go. I and I was going to mention I mean, him if you didn't. You knew where Terry, hey, look at Terry taking credit for my take. No, see how that works. Well, <laughs> I wanted to. I was ready to go Get with it, up, but man, <laughs> oh, good take. That was my. It was. A, it was a good take. It was the one thing though, and I was trying to rationalize it. That you know, as as you were saying it was our outfield depth like we don't really have any and you would almost have to keep Bradley at this point because I mean who do you have it'd be hey he was our best hitter in this last series (laughs) he was you know and it intrigues me in 2004 I mean when you traded Nomar I mean you're trying to win a World Series and you trade Nomar Garcia Parra, you know? So, but it's different this time around. Like, we just don't have the depth to do it. But but for the effect that Jeremy is talking about, if you want to really rattle this clubhouse and, and lower the boom, 
That would be a great way to do it. And you're going to get a great haul back. I just, it probably just doesn't help you for, you know, 2019. Well, I guess you could get like a mid-level guy, a corner guy. That could be part of the return, I guess. So maybe, maybe you get like a Shane Victorino 2013 type player in return, you know, like if it were the Brewers, like maybe you get Lorenzo Cain back in that deal. Someone that's highly serviceable well it better it it better be five prospects in a major league like everyday player well someone so look I, here well let me just ahead, get Terry. this out this is what the package would look like you know you'd probably get the you know the outfielder i'm talking about and then for a year and a half left for a shot at two postseasons that the receiving team for mookie would get you should get a top five prospect a top 10 prospect and two mid-levels. That is about what the market would be for Mookie, I would say. And and a and an everyday or a or a, a legitimate arm. You have to have some big league talent back too cuz you're the Red Sox, you're not the you know, you're not the Marlins. Yeah, you're the, still trying to compete. They so were, here, here's my point with this, okay? I think the best comp Terry used it um was the Nomar Garcia Parra trade in 2004. I, I can tell you where I was standing on my dad's porch to the square centimeter, how vividly I remember my dad walking through the sliding glass door and be like, they just traded Nomar. And I'm like, no. He's like, no, they just they no. just traded Nomar. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, are you fucking serious? And guess what? That flipped the script, and they brought in a guy – Cabrera, who played shortstop in that uh, in that title run, who had balls and who who was not anywhere near the player Nomar was, but he came up in the big moments where Nomar was failing, and he was a good teammate. Teammates wanted to play for him. And if you recall that year, uh, Nomar was a problem. Not not uh, I think he didn't like leave a bench during a bench clearing brawl. Uh, bench clearing brawl. And I'm not saying Mookie's that type of player, right? But and I don't really know how Mookie's perceived in the clubhouse. I assume he's well-liked. But he doesn't want to be here long-term. And I don't mean like he doesn't like playing in Boston. Or that he doesn't want to play in Boston. But he always gonna play. he's going to the highest bidder, folks. Yeah. So I think the Nomar example is a really good situation. Like It wasn't crushing. Like Everyone was like, oh, my God, we just set ourselves back five years. No, we didn't. Theo Epstein had some balls when he did that, and it was the right move. We won, and then we reloaded and won again, and it, and it didn't set us back. It propelled us forward. Okay? So how do you propel yourself forward? You take an asset. Guy's not going to be here. We're not going to give him $400 million and go get two top levels, two mid-levels, and probably like even a bullpen arm and an everyday player. And now that's how you start to do what the Yankees did, which was cut a five-year rebuild down to two years. And look, or maybe no rebuild at all. Maybe no rebuild at all. Maybe that's what sparks this team. They get back in it. They don't win it. They're not going to win the World Series this year. I'm convinced of that. But they do maybe get in the playoffs and go in and get into the ALCS. Um, I'm sorry, ALDS. And it's a fun baseball season. You just don't win it every year. But something has to happen, whether it's Betts, Dombrowski, I agree with you, Steph. I don't think Pierce moves the needle. I mean, they, they could yeah. honestly at point just say it's injury and move on from him. But, I mean, where, where else could you go? You're not going to cut Benintendi. You're not going to cut Xander. Bradley, 
again, I don't know that he moves the needle. Devers is here to stay. Chavis, the, the only thing you could do is send him down. He's not going anywhere. Hol, I mean, Holt, Holt's been one of your best defensive players the last two weeks. The catching situation is pretty well established. The the arms are are in place and under contract, but for Porcello. And again, if you trade Porcello, that's not going to move the needle. Like, what are your options? In my mind, to, to, to have like an oh-my-God moment like I had in 04 in my dad's porch, it's 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 probably bets another guy and this might not be likely but um david price has lowered his era to 270 he is in his age 34 season but you know with three years left after this i don't i don't know that he's not going to be effective after that and he's a huge personality in that clubhouse and maybe for better or worse. I, I really don't know. You know, I know he's, he's popular with his teammates, but I don't know how Cora likes him, how ownership likes him uh, and so forth. He's definitely had his controversies, but the, the thing, the common thread though with price and Mookie is if you get rid of Mookie, 20 million comes off the books and potentially 30 million next season. I'm assuming that's what he'll get in arbitration take David Price out of there, and he would be hard to replace, uh, even harder than Mookie in my opinion, but that's $31 million coming off the books. And what that does is it gives the Red Sox a little bit more flexibility in terms of making moves at the deadline and then making moves you know, once winter rolls around with free agency. Yeah. All right. Steph, you want to go first? No, go ahead, Jeremy. Um, I like the price idea. Here's the problem with price. He's reinvented himself. Yeah. Um, he can get people out with 91 because he's been that good with his cutter and his change of location. And he works slow and he's an insufferable douchebag. But <laughs> he has reinvented himself. He is a guy... We all talked about this with Sale. We were really concerned. Oh, my God, the velocity's gone. Can he reinvent himself? Well, no, he got the velocity back. He didn't have to reinvent anything, and he's back to being Chris Sale. David Price, did re- he doesn't throw 96 for 100 pitches anymore. He's 90, 91, 92. He can still reach back and get you 94 if he needs it on a four-seamer, especially if he's locating. But he gets people out with contact and cutters and dinking and dunking, and he – and. I don't want to say he's like Mike Glavin or, you know, some of the, but he, he can get outs without being 28. In fact, he's been really fucking good. And I think he's going to be good for probably later into his career than we thought. Now, with all that said, he could come back with any number of situations and go back to being some sort of weird injury candidate. But um, if someone came to me and said, we'll give you, a top prospect, a mid prospect, a low level prospect, and a and a and a fifth starter. I would take it yesterday to get the money free to go do and have the roster flexibility that we obviously don't have because they're refusing to make any sort of move. So I'm in the camp where as good as he's been, and that's a good call, Terry. Um, and you know how much I hate to, uh, to agree with you. Um, I think moving price, if we get that type of haul, and maybe that's not realistic, but if we can, I mean, I'd listen, and I'd probably do it. Yeah. And- I can't even believe I'm going to say this. I just, I can't. I don't even know who I am right now. 
but I'd rather see us trade Mookie than Price. <laughs> and I, I know, I know, I know, I can't even believe it. But uh, Price has settled into his own, and he's pitching well. And he, and to replace him to me is harder than replacing Mookie. And I know uh, Jeremy hit the Twitter fingers. Let's hear. No, him. I, I agree with you first, but here are the Twitter fingers. Yeah, they're coming at me, and I get it. And I hated David Price. I thought I'm still not sure that I don't think he's a douchebag, but he settled in. I thought he was whiny. I thought he was a baby. I didn't enjoy him. I thought he was overpaid, overrated, all of those things. But he's proven me wrong. He's pitching well. Uh, He's one of the few pitchers right now that when he's pitching, I'm like, okay, this feels like it's going to be an okay night. Um, And I just think that what we could get for Mookie versus trying to replace him versus what we could get for David and trying to replace him are totally different. And I, I, I can't believe I said it, but I did. I'd rather uh, see I, us I, shake it up and trade Mookie than shake it up and trade David Price. I, I agree with you. And for one reason, that what you're going to get for Mookie is going to be exponentially more right. helpful to the long-term health of the team. On the net goal, 5-1 Bruinsy in game seven. Terry, you're up. Yeah, and just to reiterate, I mean, the money coming off is huge. And an example I used similarly, you know, within the last handful of episodes, go back to 2012, you know, when they had the big salary dump with the Dodgers, uh, Beckett, Gonzalez, Crawford, and uh, Nick Punto, don't forget, uh, were in that deal. And nobody was mourning that by any means. I think a lot of people were celebrating it. I know I was. And but I I think the expectation once it happened was that the Red Sox were probably at least two or three years away from contending for a World Series. But that next winter, they made some kind of nice under the radar moves. They picked up Koji Uehara, who had the best season ever statistically for a closer best single season ever uh then they picked up mike napoli who had been to a couple world series shane victorino um and we picked up a couple of other arms but they those didn't pan out but none of those moves blew everyone away and said we're gonna win the world series next year nobody was really saying that and we did win the world series so you know, I would just encourage, you know, our listeners to be open-minded. Uh, you know, 80% of them probably can't fathom trading Mookie. They don't they don't understand the economics of it like we do. Um, but be open-minded. And uh, but here's the here's my other concern though. And I I wanted to get this in before Only one other concern. I'm not a Dombrowski guy, and I don't think I will be. And I'm glad we won the World Series last year. We did it with a high payroll, and in my opinion, it was a very flawed team. But Alex Cora made it work, and everybody stepped up, and and they won the World Series anyway. Uh, But you look at these other teams right now. Look at the Astros with Jeffrey Lunau as the general manager or president, whatever he calls himself. Look at the Dodgers with Andrew Friedman. Um, there's got to be at least one other team. The Cubs with Epstein are still, you know, a, a threat every year to at least go to the World Series. These are these are guys that 
that understand how to properly utilize their farm system, whether it's developing them for, for their organization or eventually moving them on to other organizations. These teams are always competitive. They're not winning a World Series and then a last place team the next year. You know, so I, you know, we need to be smart, you know, in the front office. And I don't know that Dombrowski is that guy. I think he's a, a 1990s, early 2000s GM. He inherited Fort Knox, you know, the Fort Knox of farm systems when he took over this team. And, and yes, he won a world series, but I don't, I don't know that he's ever going to win another one. And I don't know that his lines of thinking are quite on par with a lot of those other GMs. So he's going to be the one trying to get the value out of bets and, and whatever. And hopefully, hopefully he does it right. So sombering news because there's just an update released about david ortiz he was shot in the back with the bullet going through his body and exiting his abdomen and they're asking for blood donors in the dominican republic they say blood is badly needed okay holy shit that's so scary well you know i wanted to stay off of this until more developed um well the initial report was the leg and we all saw that really right as we were getting ready to start but in reading more stuff that's coming in it it sounds a lot more serious sorry terry i could not react to that no no that's uh this is a much bigger uh, if i've been distracted it's because i just i keep seeing these tweets and it sounds worse Another report coming in is that he was shot on his lower back and the bullet went through his abdomen. He has lost yeah. a lot of blood and is having surgery at the moment. What the fuck? Yeah. Hi. He's in the Dominican Republic. I don't know if you guys have seen the video of the guy who shot him getting the shit beat out of him. If that guy survives, I'll be shocked. Like, hello. Wow. That's yeah, unbelievable. Anyways, look, Sorry. getting back to Sorry. it, because yeah. by the time most people listen to this podcast, there's going to be a lot more information. But yeah, uh, yeah Terry, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on record about Dombrowski. He's, um, it's, it's, it's kind of funny in a way because he just was the architect of a World Series team, and not just a World Series team, but a historically great World Series team. Um, but we knew as it was happening – what it cost to get there because we had seen it with the Marlins and we'd seen it with the, the Detroit Tigers with the Tigers. He never won one. So after they had their run and just fell short epically uh, to the Red Sox and the ALCS, um, one of the examples um, it's, we knew it was happening at the time, and now we just—I didn't. For me personally, I didn't think this was happening, going to happen this year. I thought we were talking, you know, twenty twenty one when I, it was going to be bad, or, or we were going to be having to spend a ton of money in free agency to stay relevant. To have this go the way it's been, and if we can't come out of it, to have it be a real full season, and, and potentially having to trade Mookie and go that route—it's—it's it's shocking coming from how good we were and how we thought we were set up for the future. Just goes to show you that you have to do it with a mix of drafting homegrown talent, having that homegrown talent pay off at the major league level, 
and then mixing it like I think the perfect example was the 2013 Sox where they mixed it in with mid-level free agents and and you know you're able to stay relevant longer when that stuff happens so now this whole thing is is becoming a potential nightmare and we're talking about basically a shock and awe technique to get the roster to respond and you know that's not what Dombrowski does he goes the other way he trades the prospects for the proven talent he doesn't trade that's not what he does he doesn't trade the proven talent for prospects that's a, that's a different gm so look i got tons of concerns with him i'm not a real big fan of him um i don't hate him i don't love him um you know mm-hmm. and I, I you know forever thankful for the architect of last year's team because that was a real memorable process but you know we're uh, something has to change i think we all agree on that i think most I think most objective Red Sox fans that aren't the people that are still tweeting, it's still early. No, it's not still early. <laughs> I mean, if you're unless you're in that camp, I think you're on board that this is a problem. This is that the the the, the rebuild could be coming very soon. Yeah, it's it's concerning to me, or interesting at least, that you know to quote you, Jeremy, you said the architect of last year's team, and this team's not vastly different from last year, yet we're struggling so much, and it's. It's got to be so frustrating. It's frustrating as a fan, but as a coach or a GM, it's got to be so frustrating because you feel like you have the same pieces, but they're not performing at the same level. I don't know what you do with that besides give some kind of wake-up call. I mean, it's kind of like when you're parenting, right? What's, you know, okay, I guess I'm going to have to spank you. Nothing else is working. Like, I don't know. Well, I think the biggest difference is health. But again, as stated earlier, part of the health is, Something that we I feel now, and I, you know, I agreed with Dombrowski in the moment, but I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy in the. Um, sorry, my I'm starting to get text from my family over the David Ortiz thing now and the Bruins. Um, the, um, the 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 problem is that that you he should have seen the health coming. He sh- I, I really right. and I know people are going to tweet me because I was a huge proponent of bringing Pierce back, but now it looks like almost foolish, right? Like he hasn't been on the field, he hasn't been productive. Um, it's it's not the same because in uh, last year was a unicorn. Everyone stayed healthy. A core pinch hit, and it was like, what are you doing? Boom, three run home run. Core right. left right. sailing for what what we all perceived to be one batter too much. Roll over, ground ball to short. You take sail out too early. Like, oh my god, what are you doing? You bring in a righty to face a lefty. What are you doing? Henry gets the out. And all that stuff that worked last year is not working this year. And again, it's it's the back half of the roster sucks. You know, Avaldi's not available. We right. we're, we're we're clearly missing a power arm in the bullpen, which I do one hundred percent. And actually, that makes me angry. The bullpen situation with them makes me angry. Dombrowski just can't build a bullpen, and this thing's a goddamn nightmare. That, and by the way, I think what's going to happen here is the the offense is going to start to score. The starting pitching is going to get solidified, although I think Terry's got an update for everyone out of all that he got set back. Um, yeah. I think what even if we can do those things, the scary part is the bullpen won't let us get to the next level because they suck. You know, I mean... Yeah, I, I just feel like nothing... We can't all... The bullpen, our offense, our defense, our starting pitching, none of it can be on point at the same time. It's like... 
uh, boat that keeps like springing leaks, like one of those cartoons. Like we finally get the bullpen, and that was our number one concern coming into the start of the season. And then they turned out to be okay, and we're like, ah, they they're not as much of a dumpster fire as we thought. And then we were then our starting pitching was like bullshit, and we're like, who who are these guys? We expected them to come out killing it. We didn't even expect to worry about our starting pitching. Then, now it's the offense that's sucking it up. And it's like, can you guys just get your shit together and all play at the same level at the same time? You know, this team isn't firing on all cylinders at the same time is what the problem really is. I mean, the bullpen wasn't terrible this series as I laid out, you know, and, and Kansas City, you know, was a good series, albeit against the bad team. I do believe we, you know, between some of the near major league ready guys, Lakens, Feltman, and and then some of the guys we have that, you know, in spots have looked good, Walden, Hembray, and, and Barnes has been the one consistent guy. I do believe there's a very serviceable bullpen there if if they would just commit to the right guys in the right moments and. You know, I've pointed out I didn't like how Cora managed Lakens, and that you can kind of add that to the category I opened the show with was does he really know what he's doing this year? Um, I, I'm okay there. You know, the Evaldi thing that Jeremy just mentioned, that's concerning. He's got tendonitis in his bicep, and there were reports a day or two ago that he's not comfortable with his mechanics. So that's probably not a major setback, but that tells me it's probably going to be a couple of weeks at least before he comes up here. So we're going to get the musical chairs in the fifth start between um, Josh Smith, hopefully not Ryan Weber, and uh, Mike Shawarin. There might be someone else that you can mix in there. I don't know, but... But that we're going to see more of that for at least the next couple of weeks. And and then, like you said, Stephanie, the lineup just isn't isn't gelling right now. And Mookie Betts has been a big problem. He's in one of the worst slumps of his career, quite frankly, in, in his last 50 at-bats or so. And, and Devers can't carry the team forever. I mean, he was 0 for 12. I mean... Him being 0 for 12 and us going 1 and 3, that just shows you how huge Devers has been this year. And it's not fair to have him carry this team. Everybody else needs to step up too. And it's just not happening right now. It is not happening. At all. Agreed? Yeah. Yep, I agree. No arguments here. All right. Uh,. Still got one eye on. And you the... know if I, you know if I could, I would. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's. Uh, I think you know we've griped all that we can, so let's uh, just go ahead and move into the uh, the Rangers series here. Um, this is going to be a tough series, and they're playing kind of above their heads. They made some sneaky good moves this year. Uh, la- yeah, well, last off season can't find that page um here we go and uh so their rotation is extremely serviceable right now we're gonna start with mike minor who's having a great year uh he's up against chris sale so that's the good news for us if you know if we can give him some run supports but minor 
in 11 of his 13 starts this year, ha- has pitched a quality start. In uh, 12 innings uh, against the Astros, he gave up only three runs. Pretty good numbers against the Red Sox. Last July, he um, pitched five and a third, gave up six hits, two earned runs, struck out four. Um, In his start before that, he pitched six innings, gave up seven hits, three earned runs, uh, and struck out four also in that game. ERA under three. I could see this being, you know, with our offense sputtering, I could see this being another quiet game in favor of Texas. I'm going to hope and pray that our offense wakes up and um, and plays well or at least shows up against minor and if you look at our numbers against minor some of our some of our um players actually have good stats against them so let's hope that they show up and play and it'd be nice if jd martinez would um play and participate and benny too i'd be quite happy to see both of those his status if anyone's wondering jd martinez probably midweek is when uh he could be uh, returning, so probably not in the opener. Not. <laughs> yeah. That's a no. Any thoughts? Yeah, on- they're going to lose this game. Um, they're going to lose this game. Miner's the exact lefty that we can't hit. Um, yeah, we lose this game probably two to one, three to one, three to two, something like that. Sale so will be good. Won't be good enough. Chris Sale, in his uh, one start against Texas last year, went seven innings, uh, one earned run, struck out 12. So it could be a pitcher's duel. Chris Sale doesn't have a win at Fenway yet this year, right? I'm not sure. I think he's winless at Fenway. Okay. Where the Red Sox, (laughs) I think as of yesterday, were one game over 500. So I guess we're a 500 uh, team at Fenway. So not great. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing too about the Texas Rangers. They're they're a hungry team. They're they're playing above their skis right now. Um, Ronet Odor, for those that haven't connected the dots, is the guy who punched Jose Bautista in the jaw <laughs> right at second base on like national television. It was one of the best baseball punches in the history of Major League Baseball, and I'm not. That's not underselling it. If you haven't seen that fight, go Google it. You will be shocked about how much fighting went on in that fight. Um, he's still home today on a straight steal. He just straight up, there was a lefty on the mound who was doing some stupid thing where you're just staring blankly oh, yeah. at first, and he's still home, and it wasn't even close. And that, and the way the team reacted, the way he reacted, this team, I, I saw that, and I go, oh, fuck. We're about to get swept. Like that team is the opposite of this team. They're stealing home. They're they're playing for each other. They're they, you know they lost one of their best players in Adrian Beltrade to retirement. Um, but yet they play hard. They 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 do things like steal home, uh, which to me just shows a willingness to 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 be great. Um, and the Red Sox suck, and that's why I just have little hope for this start. I mean, minor. Uh, you know, lefty guy's been good. Mid two ERA. Uh, you know, not a 
not an elite guy, but you know the way this thing's going, I, I honestly I just wouldn't. I would be so unsurprised if we lost three to two. Sale, let's say, left the game tied in the seventh, and we just lost the. You know, he pitches seven strong innings, two earned, and then the, and then you know Hembry gives up a solo job in the seven in the eighth to lose it. You know, something like that. I just, I mean, it's just how the whole season's gone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, game two, uh, Ariel Gerardo versus uh, TBD, and there were reports earlier that that could very well be Darwin's on Hernandez. I'll get to him in a second, but uh, Gerardo, 278 on the year, pitching very well. Uh, only 23 years old. He started out of the bullpen, and but has been starting as of late. He's never pitched against the Red Sox this year. And his last three straight starts, he gave up three runs or less. Those were to weaker teams, albeit Baltimore, Kansas City, and uh, Anaheim. But the Red Sox do tend to struggle against young guys that there's just not a lot of data on. A good recent example of that is Zach Plesak in the Indians uh, series. I think that might have even been the bullpen meltdown game, but Plesak went five or six innings, only giving up two uh, earned runs and pitched pretty well for uh, you know his his pro debut. And so th- those are the type of things I have in the back of my mind against, uh, you know, these young pitchers. And I'm a little concerned that Hernandez is getting the start because he has been getting absolutely fucking shelled in Pawtucket. Uh, excuse me, Portland. He's still in double A. Uh, and his last start, he only went one inning scoreless. And that's probably because at some point that day they probably knew he might be starting you know, this game with the Red Sox, but go back to his uh, four starts before that. Five earned runs, two earned runs, four earned runs, three earned runs, and uh, the five earned run game was just two starts ago, so struggling quite a bit with mid-level minor league guys, and now we're going to possibly pitch him against the Texas Rangers. (laughs) It's our pitcher development program. (laughs) <laughs> eight, eight to four socks loose. That's a sounds about right. Um, yeah, I I mean this that game is just a complete wild card. So that, you know, no, eight, eight to four socks loose. The, the, okay. the only thing I can say is that Lance Lynn is pitching on Wednesday, and that that slob sucks. Uh, we've killed him, is my best recollection. Uh, he pitched, you know. Oh, actually, the, the, yeah, his numbers don't look good, <laughs> but he's actually pitched extremely well. Um, 439 on the season, but that's because he got off to a bad start. Um, he's had eight straight games of six innings of or more. Seven out of those eight games, uh, three uh, runs or less. The one blip he had in there was against Toronto where he gave up five earned runs but got the win. Again, those are his last eight starts, so he has been pitching pretty well. He got lit up in the first his first start of the season against the Cubs. Seven runs to them, gave up eight to Oakland, but pitching very well. And, and he has been a quality pitcher outside of last season. So, you know... Uh, that's not and oh and then last year I don't have the numbers up he uh 
Oh, no, I do have them. Uh, last year, he had two starts against the Red Sox. Both were after the uh, trade, so he was a Yankee for both of those starts and uh, mm. gave up two earned runs and one of them zero earned runs in the other. And he was having a shitty year last year, but still managed to pitch well against the Red Sox. So I, I that's not a game I'm comfortable with by any means. I don't think I'm um, comfortable with anything right now. So Lance Lynn at times will lose command of his other pitches and just be a fastball guy. It happened a lot in the Yankees uniform. He sucked with the Yankees. Um, he wildly underachieved after he was acquired by them. Um, but I watched a ton of his starts. And, and when he goes bad, he's just a fastball guy, and it's not it's not a great fastball um, when he's not when he doesn't have the availability of the rest of his uh, pitching uh, pitches, sorry. Um, with that said, uh, they win this game 5-4. I think they do enough against uh, who is, I think, in my mind anyways, a, a mediocre to above average righty. They're in Fenway. I think they'll lose the first two games of the series, and I think this will be the game that they, they you know, because they love winning only one game a series. <laughs> this will be it. If you're right, and, and you very well could be, most likely will be, um, that would put us at 500 if we were to drop the first two. I'm just trying to pull up Porcello's numbers because that's who Lance Lynn is facing. I um, didn't quite get to that. Uh, and Well, Porcello actually pitched very well last year against Texas. Uh, six innings. Only three hits and one earned run, struck out eight. So if uh, he and Sandy can get it figured out, it seems like with Porcello it's been his off-speed stuff that he's been struggling with, and he's been relying a little too heavily on the two and four seamers. But if the changeup and slider can get working again, I think he can kind of go on a run like we saw him do in uh, you know mid-April to mid-May. Um, so, you know, anything's possible there. Uh, game four, that's another one that's not, you know, it just, their pitching has been very solid all year. Adrian Sampson, uh, admittedly, I'm not too familiar with him. He'll go against David Price. Uh, Sampson, 372 uh, ERA on the year. Most of his damage was done early. In four of his last five starts, he's given up one earned run or less. Pitched a complete game in his most recent start. And uh, two starts ago, went seven innings, struck out 11. So another perfect situation for us to score just one or two runs. He is up against David Price. I don't have Price's numbers from Texas last year, but I do remember he did get absolutely shelled and then infamously um, a couple of days later, the whole carpal tunnel thing went down. He missed the uh, Yankees start and then uh, pitched against Toronto the following weekend. So this hasn't been a good team for him previously, but that was in Arlington, Texas, which is one of his worst ballparks. This one will be at Fenway. So maybe, uh, hopefully that'll be a huge difference. But I'm worried about this series. This could be another, you know, one out of, you know, win one out of the four and we're below 500. They should win this game. 
um, this guy who is having a good year and he's been really good recently. His last five outings, he's got a sub two ERA against David Price, who's our ace. Uh, I'm sure David will pitch well in this game and we'll lose four to three, um, and we'll 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 go one and three in this series. Um, the only saving grace is that while this series could be happening, I hope that the Bruins will. Uh, win another cup and soften the blow. But as far as baseball is concerned, I have no hopes for this series. Um, I'm expecting to be embarrassed at certain points. I'm expecting them to just play harder than us. Um, and at the same time, I'm expecting at least two Terry Cushman tweets about how how our payroll is much higher than theirs, how we're much talented than them, but yet they're kicking our ass. And the, the, you know, the, uh, the march will go on here. Yeah, uh, hopefully the Yankees I'm, are not. By the way, if you can't tell, sick and fucking tired I am of this underachieving suck bag team. Uh, you should <laughs> you should have picked up on it by now. I think we got it. Yeah. Well, that was more for the listeners. Oh, okay. I think they should have it by now too. <laughs> okay, just wanted to make sure. <laughs> the Yankees. One more time for the people in the back row. <laughs> Yankees are getting their asses kicked. Uh, they only won one game in each of their last two series, so that's kind of a, a welcome sight while we're trying to get our shit together. Uh, Tampa, though, you know, reaped the benefits of uh, us not playing well by getting three wins against us. So they're tied for the lead right now, uh, statistically. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, we just have our hands full with what we have. Um, no Ortiz, no new Ortiz news other than that there is video out there. I'm not sure I'm going to bother looking at it. Um, he did, he has been quoted by several sources, uh, as telling the, uh, ER doctor not to let him die and that he's a good man. And if he's saying that to the ER doctor, that means, you know, he was conscious and alert, conscious at least up until that point. So... Um, hopefully, uh, yeah, originally it was, originally it was his leg. And then the major detail that came out after that was obviously he was shot in the back and it came through his abdomen. And it was an attempted robbery. And now there are people that were in the nightclub saying that it was not, it was not an attempted robbery. This guy apparently tried to kill David Ortiz. Yeah, for whatever I, isn't that amazing? There's how... also a picture going around of that guy right now, and he's not looking. I hope close. they don't have. I, look, Dominican Republic is a place I would like to visit. I've heard wonderful things about it. Yeah. Crime can happen anywhere. People that are saying the Dominican Republic is more violent than, yeah. like Miami, where I live, is just hilariously dumb. So, but but I hope they don't have due process, and I hope that some cop just walks in back room and puts this guy down like an old dog because that's well, this guy yeah. this guy should I, I hate this shit pisses me off some unprovoked attack on a guy who is who is like should it. be a hero a hero to his countrymen and who has donated like tens of millions of dollars and rebuilt hospitals and schools and and he should be the safest in that spot and for someone to come up and shoot him that guy that guy should, there should be a firing squad like greasing their rifles yeah, that's, uh, that's, this took a dark turn. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not going to, yeah, it's dark no matter what, you know, and you have the, maybe the greatest player in the history of, of 
the Red Sox franchise. You know, Ted Williams, Ortiz, not never going to have his stats, but but you know, Ortiz, you know, took this organization to a level that nobody else had singularly, and you know, you think of those walk-offs in games four and five of the 2004 AL uh, CS against the Yankees. I mean, he, he hit one in the 15th inning of game four in the 14th inning of uh, game five to, you know, to send us into game six. And, and, and then he hit 600 in, in the 688 in the 2013 World Series. And the moment I'll, I'll always remember Ortiz for is is the Detroit game when he hit the grand slam to to tie it and that that was game 2 of the ALCS in 2013 and I just how many players meant more to an organization than than he has really in, in terms of championships anyway I mean to me he still does I mean he yeah. was a it, look, it, there was it was a there was a Dominican-born player on the Red Sox that took the lead during the the whole bombing situation. Yeah. Like, what does that say about how much he meant to Boston and continues to mean to Boston that he was the guy that stood up there in his heavy, thick fucking accent and said, "This is our fucking city." I, I, you know, and no one questioned it. You know, all the racists went away because they knew that what there was just it, even the worst people, even the most douchebag racist people, said nothing about that whole situation. And to me, how how well that was received goes to show what he means to this city, uh, to this to this uh, fans to baseball. And look, look at his retirement tour. My God, he got he gifts everywhere he went. Look, I, I look, and I look. Let's find out more and comment yeah. about him. Actually, there is there is more out right now. Um, there's a report from John Tomasi, a good report, saying that the chief of police has told the reporter on scene, David Ortiz is in stable condition. Uh, Carabas sent out a uh, quoted a Spanish speaking tweet that uh, says that David Ortiz is out of surgery and not in danger. Um, so yeah, but then he just tweeted another one Carabas did that said that they're still operating on Ortiz. There's an hour before the end of surgery, but that he's stable. Okay. You know, it's how it goes when something like this happens. And especially when it's that was from Alex another... Stewart, by the way, who knows yeah. what one. Oh. It's another country and all that going on. Look, guys, let's. I'm gonna just and we've said a lot already because yeah. I, I love yeah. David. Ortiz. Let's find out more and and I don't want to go talking about legacy. Let's. He's gonna be around for a very yeah. long time, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna have plenty yeah. of time to talk about his legacy when we know more we, about what we happened. Get, we had to give him some love though. And one last course, one yeah. last thing Good about morning. the this is our fucking city thing. I remember the tweet from the FCC when they came out because everybody was wondering if there would be a fine, and of course there likely wouldn't. But the exact line from the FCC was, you know, that they had no intention of fining David Ortiz, and that they too stand with Boston. And yeah, and uh, I just I thought think that we was a leave great it thing. at that, man. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good enough. Uh, we'll be back on. Uh, this is a four-game set, so we'll be back on Thursday night to um, 
probably um, have a very grief-filled um, therapy session. And usually, usually I'm wrong when I say that. So um, you know, maybe you know, maybe. We Are you trying to reverse jinx? I. That's what I did in the World Series. Terry, I, don't I, jinx your jinx, you dumbass. <laughs> Just let it happen. I had You're the Dodgers in the World Series. Over here. Podcast, by the way. Holy shit. I had we the, have been off the a couple of times. We have stooped to the lowest level. I picked the Dodgers to win the World Series just because I was wrong the two previous rounds. And uh, it worked. It worked brilliantly. So, right. anyway, thanks again, guys. Great show. Um, we'll you, uh, guys. See you guys soon. See ya. Night, everybody. Bye. All right, a very, uh, very interesting show tonight, a little against the grain, you know, because we didn't follow our usual format. I just, you know, it was a very uh, disappointing series, losing three out of four to a team that, you know, could have uh, could have used three losses, given the fact that they, too, are in a race for the... Uh, American League East title, which the Red Sox have won three years in a row, by the way. And uh, the David Ortiz news, obviously. Um, the David Ortiz news, obviously, very uh, disturbing, and we'll be monitoring that uh, probably by the hour through uh, through the morning and into the afternoon. Another tweet right here from Jared Carabas is that the Red Sox have volunteered an ambulance plane for David Ortiz if need be, but sounds like if the other previous tweets are true, he is, um, he is stable and everything is under control. So, um, have a good start to your work week. And as I was just saying with the rest of the crew, we will see you on Thursday evening to recap the, uh, the Red Sox Rangers series, and I believe we have Baltimore after that, so schedule will get a little easier one way or the other. Take care. Sucks.